This year's Anaheim Ducks are barreling, and I really mean barreling, towards a dubious NHL record of all time. We'll talk about that and just how bad this Ducks team is on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. Thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget to subscribe and like this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and ad-free on Amazon. All right, so this Ducks team is about as bad a team as we've ever seen. This has been said multiple times this season. Even in January, February, this month, there have been multiple people saying this might be the worst team we've ever covered. Myself included. And I've covered some bad teams. Some really awful, crappy teams. But this year's Ducks might take the cake as the worst team that I've seen as far as covering the Anaheim Ducks out of the four years. This one's the worst And that includes the record-breaking anemic power play that the Ducks had a couple seasons ago. Remember when the Ducks' power play was below 10% for a long time? Well, I mean, the good news is those days are gone and their offense has marginally improved. But it has come at a cost of a terrible defense that acts like pylons letting players in and out of the zone with great ease. That has, unfortunately, been a hallmark for this season's Anaheim Ducks. How bad is it? Well, remember that graphic that I showed you a couple weeks ago about where the Ducks were as far as shots allowed? Yeah, I'm going to do that again. So I'm just going to mosey on over here. Bam, right there. Most shots against... For one team in one season in NHL history. And, oh boy, this this is just awful. The record is still the 1993 San Jose Sharks. They allowed 3,080 shots in an 84-game season. The 1975 Capitals, they allowed 3,064 in only 80 games. They have the record as of right now. For the most shots against per game at 38.1. Or about 38. The Ducks are right now at 39.1 shots allowed per game. The Ducks could likely break that record. Then you have the 94 Los Angeles Kings. 3,046 shots also in 84 games. But let's look at this entire list really quick. And this is going to be a long segment. Just bear with me. But... There's another long list right here. There it is. Look at that. Look at that long list. As it stands right now, the Anaheim Ducks in 74 games have allowed the 19th most shots against in NHL history. Well, I shouldn't say history. This goes back to 1961 when the league first recorded shots on goal. So, You know, this is 
you know, 60 years worth of NHL history. But the Ducks are the 19th worst, and there's still eight games left to play. And unless they somehow allow zero shots in their last eight games, they'll still be 19th worst of all time. But even if they allow 30, only 30 shots next game, and I doubt that's going to happen, if they only allow 30 shots, they're going to leapfrog a bunch of teams. So let me go through these teams. The 93 Sharks, the 75 Capitals, the 94 Kings I've already mentioned. The 1985 Pittsburgh Penguins, the 76 Capitals, the 1994 Blues, the 2014 Maple Leafs, that was a bad team. The 2019 Senators, the 2015 Sabres, the 2018 New York Islanders, the 96 Sabres, the 2002 Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, remember the Thrashers, guys? They're on this list too. Last year's Phoenix Coyotes, the 84 Penguins, the 96 Los Angeles Kings, the 1992 San Jose Sharks, the 2018 New York Rangers, the 1976 Kansas City Scouts, and finally, this season's Anaheim Ducks. And I realize that's a typo, so I will fix that next podcast. But that's just a 2023 Anaheim Ducks. So I'm glad I caught that typo right now. But, you know, that's that's this year's Ducks. 2892 and counting. The thing to notice about this list these were all teams that missed the playoffs, but were either rebuilding or just completely disappointing. That 94 Kings team was supposed to be better than they actually were, and they weren't. That was a team that had just come off of winning or going to the Stanley Cup final. They lost that final against the Canadians, and after that, it went all downhill. Now, granted, that Kings team did score a crap ton of goals. They scored a lot, but they also gave up a lot of goals and allowed way too many shots. And that 2018 season, both the Islanders and the Rangers. Okay, I remember that season being dominated by the Washington Capitals. And I remember the Islanders and the Rangers just sucking. Those were two just incredibly bad teams in the same division. And I remember that felt like it was kind of like the opposite of the SoCal gauntlet. Like you could go into New York, into that region, and almost guarantee that you're going to get at least four points out of the Devils, Rangers, and Islanders. That's what I remember. Because the Devils, you know, they weren't any better that season. I think they barely made the playoffs that year in 2018, but they weren't much better. Okay, they were a little better than the Islanders and the Rangers. But it felt like easy pickings for a lot of teams going through that New York metropolitan area. So that was kind of 2018. Kind of in the same vein that teams felt like the SoCal anti-gauntlet. It was easy to get wins against the Kings, the Ducks. Yeah, this was just a few years ago. That's what 2018 was like in the New York metro area. I remember how bad that was. Last year's Coyotes, they they were awful. They were bad. Ducks slaughtered them last season. I hope the Ducks beat the Coyotes again this season. Come on. That Maple Leafs team in 2014. I think that's when the legend of Steve Dangle was really born. 
was that 2014 season ick. That was bad. So looking at this list, just allowing 30 shots on goal would catapult them to 29-22. And that would put them, let me do a quick math here, 3, 6, 7, 8, ninth. That put them in ninth place all time. They're going to leapfrog all those teams. They're going to leapfrog a lot of those teams that are just above them. And that list is going to get shorter and shorter as we approach a dubious NHL record. It's a bad one, folks. It's really bad. And when you consider how long the NHL has been around, over 100 seasons, and this tracking of shots over 60 years, to be among this list of teams, you know it's bad. I'm sorry, but this Ducks team, unfortunately, should be seen as a disappointment. Especially defensively. You see how bad it was to give up Josh Manson. To give up Hampus Lindholm. Lindholm is now thriving. He is about to win the President's Cup with the Boston Bruins. Brad Marchand on this very network even said that that was the best trade that the Bruins made. I mean, he considers that Marchand or that, I'm not Marchand. Marchand considered that Lindholm trade to be among the best since he's been there. That speaks volumes to how underrated and maybe underappreciated Hampus Lindholm really was. And Boston rewarded him with that massive contract. And now they are reaping the benefits of that contract. And they're well on their way to being Stanley Cup favorites. And I know there's the whole President's Trophy curse. I don't know if that's going to apply this year. I think Boston's going to go far this playoff But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's what losing Hampus Lindholm can do. That's what losing Josh Manson can do. And also, that's what losing Jamie Drysdale can do. So the Ducks, they need to do something this offseason. They need to swing big. But they need to swing big on someone who's going to be a shutdown defenseman. Get those key block shots. Prevent shots on goal. Just being a pest to opponents. And maybe can give John Gibson a little bit of breathing room. Give Lukash Dostal a little bit of breathing room. You know, we got to give these goalies a break. I mean, poor John Gibson is just getting the taser ready. He is ready for vacation with eight games left. I think this record gets broken. We are only 188 shots away from breaking this record. This should be broken. 188, that would be an average of about 23 to 24 shots allowed per game over their last eight games. This is getting broken. This Ducks team is going to go down as one of the worst, if not the worst, defensive teams in National Hockey League history. And that is not a hyperbole when I say it. There's that stupid chart. I'm going to mosey on back over here. And we're going to head into the first intermission, where I'll talk a little bit about last night's game and a little bit about the previous game as well. We'll get to that on the other side. 
But first, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. We are so excited to have FanDuel on as the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, it is Final Four time, but it is also Frozen Four time. I mean, let's talk March Madness really quick. Who would have seen a couple of five seeds in the in the big dance? Who could have seen all the number one and number two seeds going down like that? Well, you know where you could have gotten in on the action? FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, also, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Also, Frozen 4, how many of you have the University of Minnesota going all the way? Well, if you want to place a buck or two on that, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. You can wager on everything from the money line to the point spreads and see who will win those collegiate championships. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks... Gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about the last game, which I actually did watch from start to finish, and I'm sorry that I did because this Ducks team is bad enough as it is. Not having Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers at the end of the game certainly did not help matters. Uh, just to briefly go over what's going on with both Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers. Troy Terry, he left the previous game against St. Louis for personal reasons. And as far as we know, Trevor Zegers left the game with a lower body injury, did not return to the game. He may not go with them on the trip. We don't know. So we don't know the status of both Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras as far as this upcoming road trip. So I'll talk about that maybe on a different podcast because I got a lot of thoughts on that. But without Z for a lot of the game and without Troy Terry, it was all Colorado. Not in the first 11 minutes. The first 11 minutes was all Anaheim. They completely woke up. They were just completely on some kind of different level. I don't know what was going on with the Ducks. But, man, they looked solid. And the power play looked competent. Like, it actually looked pretty good. I mean, they did get something to show for it. They got an Elite 1C goal. Yeah, Derek Grant, the Elite 1C, got things rolling with a nice little hard-working goal. And that was one nothing, with about eight minutes left in the first period. Like, okay, Ducks are on to something. They're out shooting the Avs for now. They're getting their opportunities pretty quickly. You know, the Ducks looked pretty good. They looked very good. Oh, right. This is the Colorado Avs. They're the defending champions. Colorado realized who they were. 
and they woke up. They completely woke up. Bowen Byram with the pretty filthy goal and Nathan McKinnon. Good Lord. That thing was just a rifle. Just as time ran out on the clock. And as soon as we hit intermission, Ducks were down 2-1. to one. I said, oh, there's the Ducks. There they are. <laughs> yeah, they they got outshot in that one at the very end. 12-11 to 11 in the first period. And then Colorado just poured it on. The last two periods, they outshot the Ducks a whopping 32-19. to 19. We've seen this time and time again. Shots on goal, 44 to 30 in favor of the Avs. Once again, 44 to 30. Oh, never mind that the power play was anemic, you know, except for that first one. It was pretty anemic towards the end. And the PK, look, Colorado's one of the best power play units in the league. The Ducks, one of the worst PKs in the league. You knew this was eventually going to happen, and sure enough, it did late in the game. Second period, Jack John- Jack Johnson, of all people? Really? Jack Johnson? Yeah. He scored for the first time in a couple of years. First goal in a long time. That made it 3-1. to one. As soon as Jack freaking Johnson scores, you know it's bad. I mean, what? It wasn't bad enough that he scored goals on the Ducks when he was a member of the LA Kings? And now he's doing it as a member of the Colorado Avs? What about that? And then later on, Niskushin scored, making it 4-1. to one. And this was all early in the second, too. Like, all four of those goals came within about 10 minutes of each other. You had the two late in the sec- or two late in the first, the two early in the second, And just like that, that was it. That was really the game. There was about 15 minutes left in the second period. It was already 4-1. to And already, it just looked like the air was completely sucked out of the building. Just really sucked out. That's how bad it looked. Then the power play, Samuel Girard scored. Their power play is just amazing. It's just so good. And the Ducks PK, they're lucky they didn't get two against them on this game. But as it was, I mean, credit to the Avs for really pulling away. No credit to the Ducks for not taking the shots whenever possible. There was one play that pissed me off. The Ducks had a semi-breakaway in the second period. Frank Vetrano... Could have had those two guys be, or at least could have put a shot on net and gotten an offensive zone draw. But nope, he pulled back, tried to pass it back. Not even a shot on net, are you kidding me? This is Ducks hockey, folks. This has been the experience of Ducks hockey all season long. Not taking the shots when they should. Passing up opportunities. Letting teams in the zone with no pressure. That's what it was. And then we saw Trevor Zegris, you know, skate around gingerly in the second period. He took a shot to the lower body. Looked like it was to the knee. He was out for the rest of the game. His status right now is unknown. And 
Here's what Eakin said about Trevor Zegras. Quote, it actually happened in the first period. He had to leave and get it taped up or whatever he did. It wasn't good enough to go. So we'll have to see how that is for the road trip. End quote. Um, a lot of people are saying maybe that's a misquote. Maybe it did happen during the second because the first he looked okay. But we'll see what it is for the road trip. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that particular game. And just going back to the previous game because I hadn't talked about it yet. Let's talk about the game against the Blues. They lost that one 6-3. That one I actually listened to most of it on the radio because Steve and Dan are amazing. I've said this time and time again. If you're not listening to Steve Carroll and Dan Wood, you're missing out. They pointed out that the Ducks allowed not one, not two, not three, but four. Four goals off of a center circle faceoff. How many of you noticed that stupid trend? Four goals off of off of a center ice draw. How how does that happen? How in the world does that happen so many times in one game? You know, once you think, okay, it's kind of a fluke. Twice you think, okay, that's a little odd. When it happens four times, it's a pattern. It's a bad pattern. Another residue of having a terrible defense. And that's what it's been like a lot of the season. And now looking back, now that I think about it, and they did mention this on the radio side again, this is something the Ducks need to work on next season. They need to work on winning draws and maintaining possession, not just allowing a dump and chase or not allowing the opponents to just like have their easy way inside the zone it's a pattern that the ducks have had all season long you know four times against the blues not good that was a bad loss against st louis as well that one by a score of six to three and they even did this a couple times against the calgary flames how many of you noticed that as well well it happened so just another in a long list of bad schemes from the ducks and another reason why it's time for Dallas Eakins to go. It just is. Only eight games left in the season. And then that's it. Just eight games left. One other thing I need to mention, by the way. With eight games left... The Ducks are almost guaranteed to finish in the bottom four. They are almost mathematically unable to pass up some of these other teams. The Ducks right now have 56 points with eight games left. The Chicago Blackhawks have 54 points with nine games left. The Sharks have 53 points with nine games left. The Blue Jackets have 53 points with 10 games left. Those other teams have games in hand. More, I guess, more apropos. They have more opportunities to win games and blow their chances at Connor Bedard. The next highest team after that is the Montreal Canadiens at 66 points. They're 10 points clear of the Anaheim Ducks. Even if the Ducks win five of their last eight games, they're still not going to catch Montreal because... 
Montreal has more regulation wins. So the Ducks are really 11 points back with 8 left. No, they're going to be bottom 4. It's a matter of those other three teams. Columbus, Chicago, and San Jose. And what does it look like for those teams? I'm glad you asked. Here's today's schedule, and I hope y'all are ready for some of these games. The Blue Jackets play the Rangers. New York's very good. They're trying to get playoff positioning over the Devils. So I don't see the Blue Jackets winning that one, but we can hope, right? Then we have the Stars against the Blackhawks. This one's at the United Center. Maybe the Blackhawks have a chance. Maybe they could beat Dallas. And finally, hey, how about a little West Side Story action? Because we got the Jets and the Sharks. You heard that right. The Jets and the Sharks. Who's going to win that tussle? Who's going to win that battle? Who's going to win that West Side Story out at the Shark Tank? Well, that'll be late tonight. All I'm saying, go Sharks. Go Sharks. And even go Blackhawks too. Why not? I'll root for Chicago. I'll root for San Jose. At this point of the season, what is there to play for? Gotta play for Bedard at this point. Eight games left. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Upcoming schedule for the Ducks. They play the Seattle Kraken on Thursday. Seattle trying to hold on to a playoff spot. Then at the Oilers. Then at the Calgary Flames. All three of those teams are trying to get into good playoff positioning. I don't expect the Ducks to win any of those games. Then they're back home next Wednesday against those same Oilers. Then they have their last road game at Mullet Arena, April 8th. I'll give one concession. If the Ducks can win just one more game this season, I hope it's that one. I hope it's the one against the Phoenix Coyotes. Then they wrap up their home season against the Avs, the Canucks, and the Kings. Eight games left, folks. Buckle up for the tank. All right. That's going to do it for this particular podcast. Next time out, I'll be talking about prospects and what the Ducks should be doing for the rest of the season as far as prospects and, hmm, what to do about Z and Terry. Hmm. I'll talk about that on the next podcast. But in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could drop me a line. The email is locked on AnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, won't be around much this week. We have one more show coming up later. Then we got Goals Thursday. And then we got something else later on in the week. I think over the weekend is what's going to happen since I've got PA announcing duties pretty much all week. Got to save the voice, guys. <laughs> For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together.